This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is so good. Let's just go in prayer before we get started. Father, I honor you today. I ask, Father God, that you think through my mind, speak through my lips, your very words. And Father, I ask that you just give us hearing ears to hear what your spirit is saying. And Father, we endeavor to give you all the honor and all the glory today for what you're doing in us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, this, um, we're in a uh, series and the title of it is Gifts and Callings. Gifts and Callings. And uh, I'm going to say this, that you all are called. Amen. A lot of times when, when you hear that word, you know, I'm called, or you hear somebody say, I'm called, normally, that's normally a minister. You know, say, I'm called to the ministry. Okay. And, and, uh, and so sometimes, you know, you hear that, I got the call. Anybody ever heard that? I, I got the calling. But I'm going to say this, you got the call. <laughs> in, any way, in, in other words, you are called out ones. You know, the, the church is actually called the Ecclesia, or the, uh, and, and that's really called the called out ones. So really, we're called out. What are we called out of? We're called out of this world system, and we're called into a heavenly system. We're called out of a world, uh, worldly living into godly living. Can I get an amen? So we're called out of a corrupt system into a righteous system. Amen. That's wonderful news. We're called out of the family of darkness into the family of love and the family of light. And we're called children of light and not children of darkness. That's good news. Amen. Say I'm a child of the light. Amen. In other words, you have a desire to walk with God if you have Jesus on the inside of you. Amen. So, so last week we talked about Romans eleven twenty nine, And we can turn there and just look at that real quickly. And I'm going to read the Amplified. It says, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For he does not withdraw what he has given... Nor does he change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. Amen. So we see here that, it, you know, you may be in this walk for a while and um, maybe, you know, you, maybe you possibly was like me in my walk. I have my ups and downs in my Christian walk. Anybody ever, you, if you ever have your ups and downs, sometimes you're up and sometimes you da- you're down. <laughs> And sometimes you're right in the middle. Amen. And so I've had my ups and downs. I've I've had my times when I'm walking high with the Lord. And then I have my times where I'm walking with the devil. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That was when I was a baby Christian. Amen. But uh, but but many years ago, you know, I, I, I got saved and and God is calling us. I'm going to say number he's calling us to three things this morning. He's calling us, number one, to salvation. Amen. Number two, uh, he's, he, he's calling us, let me read my notes here, amen, uh, to sanctification. That's a big word. Pastor, what does that mean? That just basically means he's calling us to be set apart for his use. He's calling us to be brought out of a worldly system into his godly system, amen. He, he, he's calling us to... to Drop, let some worldly things go and embrace some godly things. Amen. Amen. Sanctification is basically discipleship. You know, I talked about last week that he's called us all to salvation. In other words, I believe all is called, but are you going to accept that calling to receive Jesus as your Lord? Amen. In other words, God is calling out. God doesn't want anybody to perish. He doesn't want anybody going to hell. He does, are you listening to what I'm saying? He wants all to come to repentance so they can have a relationship with him and have a calling and a purpose down here on earth and have rich rewards in heaven. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And, and I'm going to say this, and my, my title is A Place Called There. In other words, I believe there's a place in God that you can be totally satisfied. 
I believe there's a place in God where, where, where you're walking. It's called the will of God. I believe there's a place in God where you have total peace and total joy in your life. And until you start walking with God, you're, you're going to be trying to look, look for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in all the wrong places. I don't know. <laughs> but that's a country song. But we're, we're, we're going to be trying to, trying to fill our cup with the world. And I'm telling you, sin gets old after a while. Living for yourself gets old after a while. We got to be kind of like that prodigal son. We got to come to the end of ourselves. We got to come to a point where, where if we're going to live this life, we got to live it with God. We got to live it and walk with God. We, 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 we were never designed to walk this life apart from God or apart from the body of Christ. So last week I talked about that, that, that you're called to salvation, but also in salvation for you to have sanctification or to grow. Every person, I believe this with all my heart, is called to a church. Am I talking to anybody? It, you're called to belong to a local church. You're called to have a pastor pastor you. You're called to have divine protection over your life because that's what, what the Bible says. I'm called to watch after your souls. I'm called to pray for you. I'm called to rebuke at times, to exhort at times. Amen. I'm called to get you back in line when you're out of line. Sometimes we need somebody in our life to jerk the slack out of us. And for me, it's more my wife than the Holy Spirit. No, I won't go there. But, uh, man, do you ever have, have your ladies, you know, tell you you got to get back in line, get, get, you know, get, get your life back in. Sometimes God uses the, 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 our family members in our life to minister to us. Sometimes he allows ministers even on TV or, uh, you know, and especially a pastor is called to minister to you and to bring you back into that place if you're wandering off in the wilderness. And I'm going to say this, it's easy to wander off in the wilderness when you're walking with God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And when you're wandering off in the wilderness, there's no peace and there's no joy in your life. Amen. You know, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, and I say this all the time because I give you all my favorite scriptures, but I must have a hundred favorite scriptures. But one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Psalms 37.4. And in Psalms 37.4, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Think about that. If we, see, see, listen, we're called to salvation. So that means that we're called to a relationship with God. We're called to develop our relationship with God. And, you know, you, you can be a Christian and you can uh, and just be what I call a nominal Christian. Just somebody that just, at least you're showing up. You show up at church, but you don't develop your relationship with God through the week. You don't spend any time with God in the word. You don't spend any time with God in prayer. But you come out on Sunday morning and, and you get just enough God to be saved. Hello, make it to heaven. But not enough God to live victoriously. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? We get just enough God just to, ooh, just a little, ooh, man, I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to go for the, for, for the week. But not enough God to, to stop the devil it, it, down in the ground. In other words, we don't, we don't get You got to get a relationship with God. You, you're called to develop a relationship with God. And, you know, even in my in my early years of receiving, I got saved in church and water baptized. I got gloriously saved. I had the presence of God on me. I knew I was saved. You know, some people ask Jesus in their heart and, and they don't have like this total assurance it's like a process of knowing they're saved. 
I don't know, some of you may know that. Some of you still might be in that process. Am I saved? You know, and, uh, and so it's, a, but me, I knew when I got Jesus in my heart and I got water baptized, the love of God flooded over me and I knew I was a new creation in Christ. I knew nobody could talk me out of it. I knew why. Why did I know this? Because my want to's changed. Because I was dating. Uh, uh, I was dating at that time. And, uh, and I had a, a, a worldly relationship with my girlfriend. And I wanted to d- stop doing some things I was doing with my girlfriend. What? What are you talking about, Pastor? You, you, got, you got to drive the car before you um, buy it, right? Now, listen. Listen, no, no, no. God has a better way. God has a better system. God has a better way. And if we walk God's way, it's always going to be the best. And a lot of times we go off course because we, we, we try to do it in our own way. We try to do it apart from God. And you know what? We end up empty every time. You see, this, this book right here is a manual for life. You know, and it and it's um, you know it, it's uh, it's God's holy Bible, and it's it's basics in basic instructions before leaving Earth. And see, this right here uh, is not you know a truth; it's the truth. And so, this is the standard that God goes with. And so, if you're going to live your life, you're going to have to live by the standard that's in this Bible. You, you can't say, well, you can't pull out what you don't like about it. And, and no, no, we have to live by a standard. Just because the government says uh, something is right and, and, and the Supreme Court says it's right doesn't mean it's right with the Bible. Amen. Just, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? Just because same sex marriage. Oh, did you have to go there, Pastor? Uh, we need a walk in love, Pastor. I'm trying to walk in love. Amen. Because because, you know, God has a standard for marriage and that's one man and one woman. And so God has a standard and he has the best way to go about it. And, it, and, and it's not, you know, it's not one man and one man or one woman, and one woman. No, it's one man and one woman. Amen. And so and so so God has a standard. So 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 I have to say same sex marriage is wrong, not because of my opinion or because I'm prejudiced against that. It's because of what the Bible says. Is that right? So I if I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to have to stand for what's right. Because if we're standing on issues like same-sex marriage and, and some of these things are okay because God is love. As long as they love Jesus, they can live to, you know. Uh, no, my, my Bible says that you're walking in these kind of things. Uh, the, the end is destruction. Amen. 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 In, in other words, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. So, so, so in sanctification... There is a process. You can start off with, with some issues, but, but, but in the process of your walk with God, those issues should be dropping off of you. In other words, you should be looking more like Jesus each and every day. In other words, you should not be getting worse in your walk. You should be getting better. If I'm, if I'm talking to anybody today, we should be getting a little better. I'm still working on some issues myself. I know some of you are, are working on some issues. But you know what is so amazing about God is God calls people with issues. You know, I, I think about that because, see, I think one of the biggest things that that people, when they're walking with God and we're called for salvation, we're called for sanctification and we're called for service. And I think sometimes we we think, well, you know, it's good for the pastor to be up here preaching, but you I would never be there up there on the platform. You know, you might need to be given a test. You know, maybe we might have some testimony time and you might need to get up on the platform and give a testimony every once in a while. People say, oh, no, not. (laughs) Amen. You might need to give a testimony every once in a while. I remember when I was I was sitting in your seat and you know what? It's kind of nice being a church member because you can come in. And, 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 some, and if you don't have really anything to do in the church, it's kind of like you just come in and receive. Yeah. 
right? And you don't have to have any responsibility. Just get, get yourself to the seat, right? And, and it's kind of nice because, you know, if the service falls apart, you have nothing to do about it. <laughs> and if it falls apart, it's all on the pastor, right? And so it's kind of nice to sit back there. But when the pastor calls on you to give a testimony, then now you're not too sure. I remember I'd be in the seats and sometimes a pastor would say, uh, who would like to give a testimony? And all of a sudden I start getting nervous. You know, I was I was like that, too. My heart's pumping. I don't know if I want to get up there. You know, anybody ever know what I'm talking about? And, and, and why? Because because there's a fear, there's an intimidation, there's there's a fear that that we're going to do. Uh, that we're going to miss it or do something wrong and or, or that we're not going to say the right thing. And or, you know, and and I'm telling you, you got to over if you're going to if you're going to walk out the calling of God in your in your life, you're going to have to step over the fear zone. Amen. You're going to you're going to have to let go of uh, of 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 looking at yourself and you got to start looking more at God. Yeah, you got to forget about what you look like to other people and allow God to make you into something so you can be something for other people. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so God's called us to salvation. What is salvation? Salvation is God's gift to forgive and remove our sins from us and to transform us into new creations in Christ. Thus giving us the ability to have a relationship with him without, without human barriers. In other words, uh, Jesus removed the barrier of sin and religion at the cross. See, there's many people out here and, uh, that, that's in the world. And uh, a lot of people that really don't have a relationship with God, they, they never bowed their knee to Jesus. A lot of people don't believe that hell is their destination if they don't get Jesus in their life. They base their life on their own goodness. And they, because they don't murder people and they don't go out and steal, they, they think that they're okay. But listen, your good works and doing the good things, that's good and all that. And good that you hadn't murdered anybody, that's great. But, but, but that doesn't get us a relationship with God. Amen. So, so, so really, what, what Jesus did was he moved from a law, a ju- Judaism, because the Jews that don't receive Christ, they're under Judaism. And so what it is, is they're under a legalistic system. Amen. But, but Jesus came in to move it from Judaism to Christianity. And Judaism is a law and was based on a sacrifice system with animals, right? But, 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 but Christianity is based on Jesus walking out this life for us perfectly and then paying the price for our sin. And all we have to do is receive Jesus, amen, and we receive eternal life. Isn't that good? In John 1.12 it says, but as many as received him... John 1, 12 and 14. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believed in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus is full of grace and truth. And I love it where it says here in 16 and 17, it says, and of his fullness, talking about Jesus, we have all received grace for grace, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So we see here um, that, that John had this revelation when he wrote the gospel of John about Jesus, that, that there is a law system, but you know what? We're not under a law uh, uh, of the Mosaic law uh, as they were under the Old Testament. We're, we're under grace. And since we're under grace, that grace is a love relationship. And that love relationship enable us to walk out the calling of God in our life. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so I love this because in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, the Amplified says it this way. For it's by grace... And God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ that you have been saved, actually delivered from the judgment and giving eternal life through faith. 
And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God, not as a result of your works, not your attempts to keep the law, so that no one will be able to boast or take credit anyway for his salvation. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? So we see this, that salvation is not based on our works. It's based on us placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It's on us placing our faith that Jesus is the person who he says he is. And he, he is truth. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man can go to the Father but through me. And we have to believe that Jesus not only walked this life perfectly as the perfect sacrifice, glory to God, but he went to the cross and he paid for our sins. Glory to God. Because you cannot pay for your own sins, no matter how many good works you do. Amen. And some people say, well, you know, I joined the church and I, and I give uh, offerings and I do all this. But if you don't have Jesus in your life, then you don't have eternal life. You just have church membership. And that's good. And that's, 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 but, but, but that's religion. And God called us to relationship. And I remember when I backslid out of the church, because I backslid out of the church. I got saved, gloriously saved. And I backslid out of the church. And the reason, one of the reasons why I was doing work in the church, I was even an altar worker. At the first church I got saved at, but uh, I wasn't developed my relationship with God. So my my relationship was based on works, but not on a on a relationship that I spent time with him. So so the works will get old after. Doing work for God can get old after a while. But your relationship should be renewed every day. And when your relationship is renewed every day, then doing the work becomes easy. But when we're not renewing our relationship by spending time in his word, by spending time in praise and worship, by spending time in prayer, then then our walk becomes dry as dust. Isn't that right? And the only way you're going to be renewed in your spirit, man, is that you're going to have to get spend some quality time with God. You're going to have to be like Jesus. Jesus spent time with multitudes. Jesus did all these awesome things, miracles. Jesus was doing great and mighty things, but he still had to go off on his own and spend time with his heavenly father. Why? So that he could get built up. If Jesus has to do that, we got to do that too. We got to get, we got to spend time to get built up. And so we can get burned out serving God If we're not building our relationship with God. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? That's why people fall out of the church. I fell out. I fell out of the church. I call it falling out. I just stopped going. (laughs) And then I started getting into business and doing other things. And and two years later, my whole life fell apart. (laughs) I mean, probably was a year and a half. It probably only took 18 months of me not being hooked in into church. not Not really walking with God. Amen. I remember that uh, I, I got in a car accident. Uh, why I, I wasn't really, I was out of the church at that time. And I got in a car accident. My, my car got hit from the back or I backed up on somebody. And um, see, th- things mess up when you're not walking with God. And I was in a, I got, see, crazy things happen when you're not really walking with God. Anyway, in other words, the devil's trying to destroy your life. And so I got in a car accident and I had this little fish sign on my car. And, and so I was getting it painted, and I remember the painter said, do you want me to put that fish sign, you know, it represents Christianity. And since I wasn't, and I thought in my head, well, I'm not really serving God anymore. I'm kind of living back in the world. I don't want to be a bad example for Christianity. Uh, don't put the fish sign back on. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And I, and I, and I was like, and that was my, my way of saying, God, I got it. I'll let you know when I need you. I got my life. Do you know what I'm talking about? That when I said, don't put that fish sign back on my car, I was just saying, I got it, God. Uh, don't, I'm not going to bother you. You don't bother me. And I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? That was like a, a, um, uh, a catalyst point in my life. That's when, when I was making decisions. And these are eternal decisions that we're making. And I believe everything in my life, when I started walking away from God, the calling of God on my life and everything, everything started flipping. 
the, the reward system, what God wants to bless me with and give me and, 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 and endow me with, everything started flipping and changing. And that, now I'm walking away from him instead of walking with him. Amen. The devil has a plan for your life. The devil's plan for your life is destruction. The devil's plan for your life is for you not to walk out the will of God. You know, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a, a church of Satan. I don't know if you ever heard that. There, there's a church of Satan. This isn't it. Okay. But, uh, uh, there's a, but there's a church of Satan. And in that, in the very beginning, it's, it, it says, it has a, it has a quote in the, in that I never read the Bible, but there's a Satan satanic Bible. But I heard that there's, in the very beginning of the book, it says, do thy will. In other words, do your will. That's in the Sedanic Bible, do thy will. But, you know, but, but didn't Jesus say for us to pray, not my will, but thy will be done? And so it's this idea that we have and what the enemy tries to put in us that we really control our own lives. And we're really the captain of our own ship. And you really aren't. And I'm going to say this, if you start thinking that way, your ship might go down. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? You're not the captain of your own ship. You better, you better, you better be like the co-pilot and let Jesus be the pilot of your ship because your ship may not last too long. Amen. So, so, so Jesus uh, removes sin from us. I love this in Hebrews. Uh, well, Psalms 103, verse 12, it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So not only does God forgive us when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, but he removes the sin from us. So in other words, there's there's nothing blocking you from having a wonderful relationship with God. There's nothing that's keeping you back because because God is has removed your sin from you. Amen. So that why? So you can have a an open relationship with God in Hebrews 8, 10 and 12. It says this for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. Those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother saying, know the Lord for all shall know me from the least to them, to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. That's awesome. So, so don't give me this excuse, Pastor, I've just been way too bad in my life and I live my life so bad, I can never be used of God. You know, that, that, no, 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 no. Now listen, you, your past is washed away by the blood of Jesus. Amen. You can't keep looking back in the rearview mirror of life and move forward in God. In other words, the rearview mirror is small. The, the, the windshield is big. you got to look at the, 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 the glass of the Bible of your future, which is a good future, full of hope, full of love, full of destiny, full of purpose. And back there, it may have been a lot of bad things back there, but quit looking back there. Start looking forward. Don't live your life in the past. Live your life in the now because faith is the now. One of the hardest things as Christians for us to do is to let go of our past. No, we should be able to learn from our past. Our past, it could be a testimony. Yeah, we may not have lived right, but look at where we're at now with God. At least we're we're in church today. Glory to God. In other words, we may not be where we want to be, but we're not where we used to be. I mean, that's something to be, be good about because some of us were really pretty wretched. Some of us was pretty messed up. Not you guys. No, no. You guys were all already, you know, pure as a driven snow, right? No, no. All of us had problems. All of us had issues, but thank God, God will overlook those issues, amen, to get us into a place of fulfillment in God. So, 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 so God uh, desires a relationship with us, amen? I like this uh, in uh, Matthew, it says here, and Jesus cried out again, this is Matthew 50, 51, cried out loud, yielding his spirit, then be, uh, beholding the veil, the temple was torn into two from top to bottom and the earthquake and the rocks were split. 
So when Jesus went to the cross, he said, it is finished. What does that mean? And what he said, that last thing he said, it is finished. And then when he said that, the Bible says that there was, uh, you know, in the temple of God, there was a, a veil that, that, was, that was in between the, the holy place and the holy of holies. And this was a place where the priest would go in to meet with God and to bring the sins of the people. But what happened was when Jesus said, it is finished, which means that he paid the price for our sins to give us, it is finished. It means that, that the sin problem was done away with. And when the veil was rent from top to bottom, that signifies that God's presence and his glory was in the veil. What was behind that veil was in the Holy of Holies. But, but it, now it's moved out of a temple, per se, into a temple of flesh. And that temple of flesh, in other words, when we receive Jesus, we receive God on the inside of us. Somebody say, God lives big in, in me. And so in 2 Corinthians 6, 16, it says, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? And this is what I want to focus on. For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Look at that. So, so the revelation that the Apostle Paul received from, from the Lord was that God is living on the inside of every believer. Amen. Amen. And so, so I like that, that scripture that says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But you may say, well, I just don't feel like a Christian. I don't feel like I'm saved. We don't go by what the feelings. We go by belief and faith. Sometimes I don't feel like getting up here and preaching, but I come up anyway and the anointing comes on me and I become another man. Glory to God. I call it the anointing factor. I'm not this smooth in regular life. In regular life, I'm a bumbling idiot, but, but you all know that because when I, no, I'm kidding, but uh, I'm going to say this. You can be a bumbling idiot in regular life, but when you start walking in the gifts and the callings of God, you become an expert. You, you become something special. When you're walking out what God is... See, some of you, see, God may be calling some of you to a prayer ministry. You may not feel like you're called to maybe put your hands in a plow in the church, but you might be called to pray. You might be called to pray in revival. You might be called to be a giver. Maybe you can't put your hand to the plow in some areas. Maybe, but, but you may be called to finance the church. You may be called to put finances in the church so the church can keep going. Glory to God. You may not, you know, you know we, can, we can serve God in so many different ways. And so it's not just, yes, serving in the church. That's the reason why we have the growth track. And that's the reason why we want you to, to get the vision of the church. And, and growth track means that you're going to grow in Christ. And that hopefully as you join the church, you move into your giftings and callings. Because that's one of the classes we show you what is your gifting and calling is and what you should be walking in. You see, see, when I went to church and I started volunteering, I volunteered in the nursery and I found out that's not my calling. I found out I didn't have the patience. I didn't have the patience with the kids, I, uh, the babies. And I was just it wasn't me. I had to get out of there quick. I felt like I was suffocating every time I walked in. And I was trying, and I was preaching many messages, not to the babies, but to the teachers. Let me tell you what I found in the Word of God. Well, we should be watching the kids. No, no, but let me tell you about this. And I found myself preaching to the teachers, you know, and, and ministering to the teachers. Amen. And maybe I'm called to something else, you know. Are you hearing? And I got out of there quick because I was, I was desperate to get out of that children's I mean, I'm telling you, there's a gift and a calling to work with children. There's a gift and a calling to work with babies. And when you're doing that, you are, you're like a fish in the water. You, 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 you're just, it's, it's your natural habitat. There's a calling uh, uh, that God has placed on each one of us. And when we're walking in that calling, we're a genius. 
when we're walking out that calling. And so we need to, we need to move in that place called there. So, so, so when, when, when Jesus said it is finished, in other words, the struggle is finished. In other words, all you have to do is start walking in the call of God is develop your relationship with God. And automatically you'll start moving in to the calling that God has for you. You don't have to try to make it happen. It will start to happen. That's what happened to me. I just all I wanted when I came back to the Lord out of a backslidden state was just to know God because I just didn't want to mess up anymore. I just wanted to walk with God and I, I'm just sitting there in church and I'm just enjoying the word. I'm happy. The pastor's preaching these awesome messages. God's moving. I'm like, man, I could be here until Jesus comes back. And then the pastor says, would you like to become an usher? And I said, sure. I didn't know all the trials and tribulations of being an usher was all about. <laughs> I didn't know I had to get up early in the morning, sometimes set up the church or bring the sound system over. I, you know, I remember I was just an usher and then I got moved to assistant head usher. You know what that means? That means I need to take the sound system in my car and it means <laughs> I'm assistant head usher now. Woo, glory. So what does assistant head usher do? Well, you take the sound system. You take it apart, you put it in your car, you get up early, you go to, to, to the other location, where we're at, and you set it up. And then once that's done, once the pastor starts preaching, you're done ushering, you take the sound system, put, and now, now you're in the army of the Lord. I didn't sign up for that. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I didn't sign up to be the sound guy or set up the sound system. But listen, listen, there's no, there's no little eyes or big U's in the kingdom of God. Amen. And everybody's called to serve. We're called to service. Amen. And I'm going to say this, that in our calling, there's going to be a sacrifice. Oh, pastor, God bless. Are you really serious? Are we going to have to sacrifice? Yeah, there's going to be a sacrifice in serving God. There's a sacrifice in coming to church. Amen. Have you noticed your Saturday mornings are a little different than Sunday morning? You sleep until 11, right? So on Saturday, on Saturday morning, Sunday morning, got to get up, got to get ready, got to get dolled up, got to get, get ready to, for church. There's a sacrifice to come into church. There's a sacrifice to getting in the car. You, you got to spend money on gas to drive the car. There's a sacrifice, but you know what? It's well worth it to come to church. It's well worth it to put God first place on Sunday mornings. It's well worth it. Why? Because God will bless you. The dumb things that when when I wasn't walking with God, dumb things happened to me. You know, just dumb things, accidents and issues and problems. And I'm like, I don't want any of that. Can anybody relate to my story? I don't want problems. I don't want issues. Now, I want to say there, there, there's, there's, there's two types of suffering, okay? There's, there's one type of suffering in walking with God. The Bible says they that live godly will suffer persecution. So that is a suffering, right? There is a suffering that you might be ditched. By some people. Some people might say, oh, you think you're all that. I want. You might lose some friends. You, you know, some worldly friends. But really, God will replace them with some godly friends. But there is a godly suffering in following the plan and the will of God. But there is also another suffering. That's, that's ditzing God. And there's a, that's called the judgment of God. <laughs> in other words, I'd rather suffer following God than suffer under uh, the consequences of walking uh, in my own ways and sowing to the flesh and reaping. Cr- I don't want to suffer that. Amen. So there's two types of suffering. You pick, you know, you can pick, you can pick, you know, uh, Jonah was, was a prophet in the old Testament and God called Jonah and, and, and Jonah had a relationship with God, a really tight relationship with God. And, 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 and Jonah, uh, and Jonah had a calling to preach to Nineveh. Right. And, and you know what? His life would have went real better if he said, OK, sir, I'll do it. But Jonah, what he did was he he, he heard the call. He didn't like Nineveh. He didn't like the Ninevites he, 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 because they were really cruel people. And he didn't think that they deserved God's mercy. 
And so what did Jonah do? Jonah said, well, listen, I'm going to go take a ship and go the opposite direction of God's will. Think about that. And guess what? The Bible actually said the Lord, you know, there's storms that the enemy will send, but there's also storms that God will allow. And God allowed a storm to come upon the boat that he, on that cruise vessel, the love boat, wherever he was at. And he was on that boat and that, and I'm telling you, that storm came up and you know what? That rascal, he was sleeping down at the bottom and everybody was freaking out on top. And there was a storm. They were throwing stuff over and, and they were all freaked out. And they were saying, did anybody tick off their God <laughs> on the boat? They started asking each other. And finally, and, and, and Jonah's down there. He's that rascal. He's not saying a word. He knows it's him. And then finally, they had to draw straws and say, who is this? Who is it? Well, God. And when they strolled straws, guess who got the short straw? Jonah. And they came to Jonah and said, Jonah, what's the, who, who do you serve? Oh, I serve the God of heaven and earth. You know, I, I, you know, I, I was real tight with them at one time, but I'm running from them, basically. And this is the reason why the storm. And Jonah even knew he was a prophet. He knew God. He said, you throw me overboard and, and God will be appeased. And so sometimes when we're not walking with God. We just feel like just jumping off. The boat. Sometimes we just get so depressed in our life because we, we've missed our purpose. And when we're not walking out the purpose and the plan of God in our life, we can get depressed. We can get down. I'm telling you, we were called for purpose. We were called to walk out. We were called. You see, a lot of people, they, a lot of people don't want, they don't want to be leaders. A lot of people are afraid of leadership. A lot of people say, oh, no, no, you're fine. I don't want the platform. I don't, I don't want anything to do with leadership. I don't, I'm not even looking to be great in the kingdom. I just want to make it into heaven. If I can just make it into heaven, I'm fine. But I'm not about leadership. I don't want anything about leadership. I don't want, any, I don't want to lead anybody. <laughs> and you know what? Listen, you got, you're, you're called to lead. If you're a husband, you're called to lead your family. Husbands, you have a calling on your life. You're called to love your wife. Husbands, wives, you're called to love your husbands and be a helpmate to your husbands. Husbands and wives, you're called to, to raise up your children in a godly way. In the admonition of the Lord, you're called to lead your family in the truth. Amen. We're called to be leaders if we don't want to or not. Amen. And, and so we're, we're called into the service of God. And in Matthew 20, 28, it says, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus, this is Jesus talking about Jesus. This is Jesus saying that he's saying that Jesus did not come. Jesus didn't come here on the earth to be served, but he came to serve and give himself as a ransom for many. In other words, he came to give his life. I preached this one time. He came to live a lay down life. In other words, he did not, Jesus did not come to do his will. He came to do the Father's will. And he did it perfectly, and he never varied, he never varied off the will of God. In other words, he obeyed God perfectly. And I love that. And, and so we have to have this attitude when we're serving. And I'm going to say this. We're serving. If you work for a boss, you're serving. Amen. If, you, if, you're, uh, in, if you're married, you're serving your spouse. You're serving your kids. Amen. If you're uh, uh, whatever we do in our occupation, we're serving. Amen. And whatever we do, even in the church, if you're serving, there, there's an attitude we need to have. And that's Colossians three seventeen. It says, whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the father through him. So everything we do, if we're serving a boss, we need to serve that boss as if we're serving, as if that boss is Jesus. Oh, yeah. that, that's not easy, Pastor, when that boss of mine is terrible. Yeah, okay, that, granted, but, but the Bible says when you suffer with a right attitude under persecution, then you're blessed. We're going to suffer sometimes under persecution, sometimes under ungodly bosses. But when we have a right heart attitude, God will bless us. Great is our reward. 
when we have a right heart attitude in the suffering, you know, that we're, that, that we're suffering uh, for God's purposes, God will bless us. Do you believe that today? So, so we're called to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I like what it says in Matthew 16, 24 and 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So what is he saying? He's saying here that we've got to be willing to let go of our own personal agendas to take up the kingdom agenda. We've got to be willing to put God first place in every area of our life. In other words, God, in other words we need to revolve around God's plan for our life, not God revolving around our plan for our life. We, in other words, we, we fit ourselves into God's plan. God doesn't fit himself into our plan. Oh, man, I'm preaching today. And I'm telling you, when you're walking out the call of God on your life with a right heart attitude, I really believe there's, there's joy inexpressibly full of glory that's going to be on your life. I believe that you're going to walk, even though you might be encountering some hardships in your calling, there is a peace that God will give you in the middle of your walk with God. Amen. Do you believe that today? I'm telling you, it's much better than walking outside his will. Amen. And we know Jonah, that when, when, when he got thrown over, thank God Jonah knew God. He knew God was merciful. He knew God was loving. He knew God was kind. And I'm telling you, there are U-turns in God. Oklahoma, you know, uh, I, drive, you know I used to live in Oklahoma. And in that state, there's no U-turns. But you, can, you, you have U-turns here in Virginia. But, but you can't make a U-turn. But thank God there's U-turns in God. Thank God we could be going down. Oh, I'm going down for the count. And then go back up like a roller coaster. I'm going back up, praise the Lord. I'm going to church, hallelujah. I'm going to start putting some praise and worship music on, glory to God. I'm going to start serving God, hallelujah. Amen. I made a U-turn. I remember when I started making a U-turn when I was backslidden. I, I, I broke out my work, you know, I, uh, I broke out my old worship music. And started popping that in and started listening to worship music. And that started getting me closer to God. I started worshiping God. It started bringing my remembrance of how I walked with God at one time. And, I, and all of a sudden I'm worshiping God. Now I'm thinking about God. Now and, now and I'm still backslidden. I'm not even in church yet. Now I'm witnessing to my worldly friends. You ever think about God? You know, and, you know because God wasn't in my thought life because I was away from God. But, but when God started waking me up, you know, the Bible talks about wake up to righteousness. We need to wake up. You know, this pandemic hopefully is waking some people up because this pandemic should reveal to us. And I saw a YouTube video where they're making chips now. And I saw it. It's called being chipped. And they put it in a person's hand and that person can buy, you know, they put their hand in a, by a scanner like a machine and drop the candy bar down. Right. And they said, you just been chipped. You know, uh, can somebody say Mark of the Beast? <laughs> Can somebody say end times? <laughs> In other words, we're, we're moving towards the end times. We're, we're moving. I mean, it's moving to a one world government. Believe it or not. It's coming to a one world monetary system. Believe it or not. It, it, it is coming down to that. And I'm telling you, you better be close to God. Amen. Because Jesus is coming back. And I saw that. And, they, and, they, and, I, and I said, you've been chipped. You know, was, I think it was the title of that YouTube video. But, it, but it's like a great. And it was a, a guy that, that does tattoos. And he, he put that chip right in. And there's, oh, the lady said, I was a little nervous about doing it. But I did it. And now I'm chipped, you know. Glory to God. The Bible talks about in the end days, there will be a mark. And that mark will be placed on you so you can buy and sell. And that mark is basically is that you're that 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 you are putting your faith and trust in the world system to protect you. And I'm telling you, you better put your place faith, faith and trust in God Almighty or you're in trouble. Amen. So 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 we're called to salvation. We're called to sanctification, to grow in our walk with God. We're called to service, glory to God. We're called to be uh, servant leaders. 
uh, you know, there was two disciples and I'm, I got to close this down. And they were they were uh, their mom came to Jesus. And, and I think it was John and James and uh, uh, the sons of Zebedee. And and they and the mom came to Jesus and said, uh, I have a favor to ask you, Jesus. Uh, can my two sons sit at your right and left in heaven? <laughs> in other words, can, you know, and, and you know, and the, and, the, and the disciples were always volleying who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Right. And, and, and so and so and, and the disciples were a little upset about that. Oh, I can't believe the nerve only because they didn't ask first. You know, <laughs> what if Jesus said, yes, you can. James, you can sit at my right. John, you can sit at my left. Because think what all the disciples have gone. Oh, man, why I didn't ask first. You know, but 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 Jesus said, and is there some things that's good that Jesus Jesus doesn't know everything. Jesus knows some things, but I, I know you would say, no, Jesus got to fly. Yeah, but he doesn't know when he's coming back. Only the father knows that. He said that himself. Right. And he didn't know at that point. He may know now. He, he didn't know at that point who was going to sit at his right and left because he said, I, you know, he said that's for the father. He may have knew it, but just didn't reveal it. And then, you know, the next chapter, it talks about Jesus' triumphant entry in, into Jerusalem where they had the palm branches and all that. Remember the triumphant entry? And then Jesus said, okay, uh, I need two disciples to go get the donkey and bring them back and tell the, tell the owner that the Lord has need of it if they ask why you're taking the donkey. And who would be the disciples to get that donkey? And if he dropped in, James and John, pick up the donkey for me. In other words, God may be calling us to donkey duty. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And you know, but I want to be great in the kingdom of God. Well, if you're going to be great, then you're going to have to learn to clean some toilets. I remember when God called me into the ministry. And I was like, okay, what do I got to do? Well, and the pastor said, well, you're working for the church now. Clean the toilets. What? I thought I was going to the throne, but not that throne. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I thought I was promoted to the throne, but I didn't know I was going to that throne. Are you listening to what I'm saying? In other words, if the greatest, you said the greatest of all will be servant of all. So if you want to be great, you might be saying, I don't want to be great. <laughs> I don't want to be great. <laughs> Just let me barely get in on the skin of my teeth. No, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you've got to be a servant. Amen. And if you want to be a great leader, you cannot be a great leader unless you're a great servant. Can I say that again? Lots of people, some people want to be leadership. Oh, man, I want to be the head man in charge. I want to be able to tell people what to do. But can you, can you serve? Can you learn to serve under somebody? Can you learn? Yeah, I want my own vision. I, I, I want God to give me a, 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 my own big worldwide ministry. But can you serve somebody, uh, you know, their vision? Can you serve for them until God gives you their vision? See, Joseph served other people's visions. See, Joseph was, 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 was a man called of God to be, to be the prime minister of Egypt, the most powerful man of the world at that time. But Joseph didn't start off the most powerful man in the world. He started off as a servant. He served in Potiphar's house and he served faithfully. And, and then he got, he, he got messed up and, and Potiphar's wife was, had eyes for him and he stayed faithful. And you know what? He didn't, he didn't go down that road. Amen. He passed the sexual test, but he ended up in jail. Right. Because he was accused of trying to rape her. Right. And so, and so he ended up in jail. But then God, the Bible says God was with him in jail and he served in jail and he, and he became the, the head jail guy in jail. What was God doing? God was training him. God was molding him. See, I believe Joseph may have had some pride issues. And you say, what do you mean? Because he talked about all his great dreams. Oh, I dreamed this and I dreamed that. And the, his brothers hated him for his dreams. Right? And man, God's going to move me around. Even the, you know, hallelujah, glory to God. You know? and, and, but, but I believe he had, had in, in that process... For the promotion, in that process, he needed to be humbled. 
Some of us don't want to be humbled. Some of us don't want to submit. Some of us are still like wild horses. We need to be broken. And I'm telling you, God doesn't use gold vessels. He doesn't use silver vessels. He uses broken vessels. He's used, he uses people that have come to the end of themselves. And he uses people that says, I just can't do it on my own. He uses people that say, God, make something of me. Instead of give me something, make something of me. And when we get to a point in our walk with God that we ask God to make something of us, then he can move in our lives and we'll be in that place called there. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. You see, 1 Corinthians one twenty six says it this way. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. I love this scripture because my life is like that because I'm not the smart, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. I don't consider myself the sharpest guy out there. I, I'm just a guy that loves God and trying to serve God with all my heart. And so I, I know I don't have anything unless I have God's anointing on my life. I don't, ha- I don't have any special gifts and talents. I don't think I'd make it in Hollywood. I, are you listening to what I'm saying? I, I can't sing and dance, and, and I don't have these gifty. See, the devil uses gifted people to get his purpose done. But God uses ungifted people, puts his anointing on ungifted people, and they become superstars in his kingdom. See, you may not have any giftings or any, anything that stands out so great, but you start walking with God, and all of a sudden, what he what the little you have, he will anoint and he will anoint the little you have and he will make you great where the world will think you're nothing. He will make you something in the kingdom of God because it's not based on how great you are. It's great based on how great he is. And he will make you great. His anointing on you is the equal factor. It's more than the equalizer. It will trump Whatever the devil is trying to do in your life, his anointing on you will cause you to prosper when everybody else is starving. His anointing on you will cause you to walk in health while everybody else is getting sick. The anointing on you will cause you to rise above all the muck and the mire of this world. And people will look at you and say, how are you prospering in the pandemic? How are you doing? How are you staying healthy? It's my God. My God's anointing is on me. I'm walking with him every day. And he's divinely protecting me, looking after me. I'm his child. He loves me. He's showering his blessings on me. Glory to God. Because I'm walking with him and not walking away from him. Woo! Glory to God. Woo! As Nature Boy, Ric Flair would go, woo! Woo! I need to get him in my church. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Somebody needs to go, woo! Glory to God. Why? I'm telling you, woo! Woo! That's when God starts, I'm telling you, when God starts doing awesome things in your life, you're just going to say, woo! Wow! Glory! Hallelujah! When he starts popping your bubble of blessings, when he's doing the bubbles, start, start, when the popcorn starts popping in your life, that means the blessings are going off every which way. You're just going to go, woo! Hallelujah. So what do we got to do? We got to stir up the gift. We got to stir up the gift. Paul said to, to, to Timothy, Timothy was a, a young pastor and he was dealing with fear and intimidation and things were going against him. It seemed like nothing was working right in his church. And God said, stir up the gift. You got to stir up the gift. You got to get back into worshiping God every day. You got to get back into quoting the scriptures like you used to do. You got to get back in worshiping God and praising him and witnessing and testifying about how good he is. And I'm telling you, you start doing this, you're going to revitalize the calling in your life. You're going to walk it out. You're going to be all that God called you to be. Do you believe it? You receive it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Father God, that you're preparing this church. And I believe this church is the glorious church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're preparing us for your coming. And Father, I know, Lord God, 
Oh, that you're preparing a harvest for Exceed Life Church and that there's a harvest coming in to this church, Lord, that where we will be able to serve the people that come. And so, Father, I ask, Father, that you would wake up the calling in every person that's listening at the sound of my voice. Wake up the calling in the people here, Father God, that, 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 that's, um, that's uh, in this church and wake up the calling on those that are watching online. And, and I'm telling you, the first calling that God's calling each one of us to every person on this planet he, he, the Jesus is knocking on the door of every person's heart saying, will you allow Jesus to come into your heart? And Jesus wants to come into your heart for you guys that are watching online, for uh, those that are in the audience. Uh, Jesus is knocking today and he's saying, I want to come into your life. I want to live with you. I want to walk with you. I want to help you to be all that God created you to be. And if you're ready to make that decision, maybe you've been walking on your own terms and doing it your own way. Now it's time to walk God's way. So I want to encourage you. Maybe you used to walk with God and you're just, you're just out there on your own. I, I want to encourage you. To, today is the day of salvation. Get back with God. So, so say this if, if you're ready to move forward in God. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I turn from the world and my ways, and I turn to you and your ways. Come into my heart, make me a new creation, and Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 